If you were to draw your last breath right now, how confident are you that at judgment you will hear, well done, good and faithful servant? Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spirit of Truth podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Collins. First off, I owe you an apology. I have caved to the distractions. And it's crazy, really, how easy it is to just let the world sweep you away. It's like that old adage that you can't see the forest for the trees. It's so easy to focus on what's in your face, your job, your health, your chores, your bills. And if you're not careful to just stop and back up and reevaluate, then you're at risk to go through exactly what just happened to me. Before I knew it, another week had passed and another week had passed and another. And I was the one that wasn't making adequate time for God. So we remember what's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. It says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but rather what is unseen. Since what we see is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And God has such a still, small, soft voice. And quite frankly, he's a gentleman. He isn't going to force himself on us. So no wonder I wasn't getting a message for this podcast. I wasn't listening. I wasn't being still long enough to even hear him. Finally, this weekend, I did. My body, my soul, everything just said stop. Well, I guess I should really back up just a few days. So I had already started to realize what was wrong. And funny enough, I was writing for a journal, for a book that I'm getting ready to publish in a couple of weeks. And I was actually preaching to myself as I was writing my last journal. And and this journal too coming up is all about setting time aside daily to really connect with him. The first journal that's already out, it's focused on gratitude. And the one that I'm writing now, it's focused on Funny enough, hearing from God. So needless to say, it was so apparent that even though I intentionally had been praying every morning and every night, I had been the one doing all the talking and I wasn't stopping to even listen. So by the way, if you would pray for me. I really struggle with undiagnosed ADD. And that really makes getting things done a battle for me. And TikTok just feeds right into it. 
I can listen to TikToks in the morning when I get ready for work and really I'm clicking on there in hopes of hearing a good quick bite of a sermon but on that side of TikTok lately I seem to be getting a lot of conspiracy posts and such and anyway all this month it had been all about September 23 and all of these predictions about what was going to happen on the Feast of Trumpets. And now I really didn't think that all of those predictions were going to happen. But there's enough enticement there that they really grab onto you. So I'm driving to work on Friday and I'm pondering about those videos. If those people, including me, really thought that Jesus was coming back this month in a matter of days. Why is that all that they have to say? Where is the urgency? Where is the salvation check? Something is wrong. Then the spirit really got a hold of me. Even though I didn't think the end was just yet. The lie that, oh, we have plenty of time. That is a lie straight from the pits of hell. We aren't even promised tomorrow. We are not promised our next breath. So Sabbath passed and I had rested. The moon was sodded and it was Feast of Trumpets. Yom Teruah. God's commanded holy day called the Feast of Trumpets. And we didn't travel to to attend any service, but thankfully I was able to live stream. And the spirit wrecked me again. Brother Tyler was preaching fire from heaven. And he began to preach a very similar message. And then Brother Daniel just followed up and confirmed it right behind him that the time of salvation is now. The Spirit just laid on me so hard and it was so heavy that all I could do was just sit there and cry. But just a couple of weeks ago, I was sharing at an event and I walked right straight out of that event and I failed. One of the points of what I was sharing was how we are so eager to talk about the souls that we win. We fail when we are not also quick to talk about the souls that we cost. And I was reading from the story of Lazarus. So if you don't care to humor me, let's go there now. Let's go to John and let's go to chapter 11. It starts out and I'll probably read most of this story. It says, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Miriam and her sister Martha. It was the same Miriam who anointed the master with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. It was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sister sent a word to Yeshua saying, Master, the one you love is sick. And when Yeshua heard this, he said, The sickness will not end in death. It is for God's glory 
so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Yeshua loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. However, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let's go up to Judea again. Rabbi, the disciples say to him, just now the Judean leaders were trying to stone you and you want to go back there again? But Yeshua answered them and said, aren't there 12 hours in a day? If a man walks in the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if a man should walk around at night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After he said this, he tells them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. So the disciples said to him, Master, if he's fallen asleep, he will get better. Now Yeshua had spoken about his death, but they thought he was talking about ordinary sleep. Then Yeshua told them clearly, Lazarus is dead. Then in verse 15, he says, I'm glad for your sake I wasn't there, so that you may believe. Anyway, let's go to him. Then Thomas, called the twin, said to the other disciples, Let's go too, so that we may die with him. So when Yeshua arrived, he discovered that Lazarus had been in the tomb already for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many of the Judeans had come to Martha and Miriam to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Yeshua was coming, she went out to meet him, but Miriam sat in the house. Martha said to Yeshua, Master, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Which, by the way, is pretty bold to say to Yeshua. But she goes on to say in 22, But I know even now that whatever you may ask of God, he will give you. Yeshua said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know he'll rise again at the resurrection on the last day. But Yeshua said to her, I am the resurrection and the life, and whoever believes in me, even if he dies, shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She says to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who has come into the world. And so he faith checks her and she comes back again. You know, as she said now a couple of times, I know you are the son of God. I know if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. I know if you ask God that he will live again. She repeatedly confirms her faith. And so it goes on. It says, as soon as Miriam heard, she quickly got up and she was coming to Yeshua. And Yeshua had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. The Judeans who were with Miriam in the house and comforted her, seeing how quickly she got up and went out, They followed her and thought she was going to the tomb to weep there. So when Miriam came to where Yeshua was, she saw him and she fell at his feet, saying to him, Boldly, I might add, Master, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Yeshua saw her weeping and the Judeans who came with her weeping and was deeply troubled in spirit and himself agitated, Where have you laid him, he asked. 
Come and see, Master, they tell him. Yeshua wept. So the Judeans said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Couldn't this one who has opened the eyes of a blind man have also kept this man from dying? So Yeshua again, deeply troubled within himself, comes to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. So Yeshua says, Roll away the stone. So Martha, who has already proclaimed her faith multiple times, said to him, But Master, by this time he stinks. He's been dead for four days. So we've we've come to the point of the miracle. We've come to the point where what she has asked for, it's so close, but Yeshua asked her to do something. He asked her to get involved. You know, she's already pointed fingers several times, but if you had been here, but if you had been here, I know if you ask, I know you can do this. But when he says, roll away the stone, she made a selfish excuse. She didn't want to smell. She didn't want to deal with the smell of a stinky body. And how many times has God asked us to do something? And we say, but Lord, use somebody else. But Lord, this is awkward. But Lord, I don't want to do this. Are you sure? For me, I run around all the time. He nanny, use me, use me, use me. Please, Lord, let me off of the bench. Let me get involved. Let me do something for your kingdom. And then when he asked me to do something, I always pull this. I say, but Lord, this is too hard. I don't want to. So the story goes on. And Yeshua says to her, didn't I tell you that if you were believed, that you would see the glory of God? So they go on, they roll away the stone. Yeshua lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. And here's the thing. But because of this crowd standing around, I said it so that they may believe that you sent me. And it goes on in verse 45 and it says, Therefore, many of the Judeans who had come to Miriam and had seen what Yeshua had done put their trust in him. Why? Because they rolled away the stone. Yeshua can do any miracle. Yeshua can do every miracle. But he asked us to get involved. What if they hadn't have rolled away the stone? Because they did, many believed. But what if they hadn't? I think it's safe to say many wouldn't have believed. And so that's where it hits me so hard. I just taught this message two weeks ago. And what have I done since then? Have I told anybody about the gospel? No. Had I made a new podcast and I made a new TikTok, which granted those things are probably not going to save souls, but hopefully I'm planting seeds. I have not done any 
of those things. I was so focused on the things that were in front of my face. Every feast day, we all gather and we sing this song. It's probably my favorite song, but it's called The Days of Elijah. (sighs) Could we even really listen to the lyrics that we're singing? It says, these are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. Righteousness being restored, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And I want to pause right here for a moment. And I want to read Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. It says, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And so I want to look at that word, prepare. If you're close to me, and I've probably even talked about it on the podcast, preparation is a word that the Lord has really been dealing with me over the last year. And so the word here for prepare is, and I I may butcher the Hebrew pronunciation, but it's Strong's H6437, Pena. And so the Hebrew tells us in that word how we prepare for his second coming. It literally means to turn, to turn toward or from or away, to turn and do. Doesn't that sound like repentance? That's exactly what um, John was preaching. John the Baptist, when he came in the spirit of Elijah, fulfilling this this prophecy about crying in the wilderness, he, his message was repent, repent and turn back to the commandments. That is what he was declaring in the wilderness to prepare the way of the Lord, repent and return. And so when did the scripture say Yeshua is coming back at the sound of a trumpet, right? So let's read another scripture related to this holy day. Also in Isaiah, let's read from chapter 58, verse 1. It says, cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression. I don't think the word of God could be any more clear about what we need to be doing right now. Back to the song, it goes on to say, these are the days of the harvest. The fields are wide in the world. And we are the laborers in your vineyard. Well, how are we doing? If you were the vineyard owner, would you keep you on payroll? Or would you be fired? Actually, that wasn't a very good play on words that I did there with fire, but I don't want any part of being fired or the fire. 
But this is where the spirit is wrecking me. Am I doing anything? Am I saying anything? If you are like me, you probably have some family members that you know are lost. You probably have some coworkers and some friends that you know are lost. Have you ever said, but Lord, like Martha did? How are you going to handle it on Judgment Day? Let's read Ezekiel 33. Starting in verse 1, it says, Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman, if when he sees the sword coming upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then then whosoever hears the sound of the trumpet and takes not the warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but he chose not to take the warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But the ones that hear the trumpet and take the warning shall deliver their souls. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and blows not the trumpet, if you know what's coming down the pipeline and you don't lift up your voice to tell, the people will not be warned. Then when the sword comes, if it takes any person from among you, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will be required at the watchman's hand. So thou, son of man, I have set you a watchman on the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. So y'all, I have to do a better job to my family, to my friends, to my coworkers. This is my declaration. None of us are guaranteed more time and nothing could be more important than our eternity. Can you even begin to fathom how long eternity is? This life, the days we have on earth, scripture says it's like a vapor. It's just like a puff. It's gone in comparison to eternity. We are just mere humans. We are weak. We have nothing without God. He's the one that gives us our jobs, our income, our health, and our ability to get up and go there. That's because of Him. He gives us our daily bread. He gives us every good thing. Without him, we are nothing and we have nothing. You cannot depend on yourself or your own ability. Do not make yourself an idol. You cannot depend on any other human. Not me, not any preacher. You need to read the word of God and you need to know it and you need to know him for yourself. Because I'm telling you right now, 
that we have inherited lies, lies that feel good to our flesh and to our bellies. But the truth is that we are commanded to follow God's law. It is forever the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. Until heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or tittle passes away from the law. And Jesus clearly, plainly said he came not to abolish the law. So are you so sure that the law is done away with that you would bet eternity on your lifestyle? Are you willing to bet your children's soul on that? Ask yourself this, if those people in Matthew 7 can raise the dead and heal the sick and cast out demons all in the name of Jesus, then why does he say to them, depart from me, I never knew you? Have you ever finished that sentence? Matthew 7, 23, he says, then I will tell them plainly, Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Please meditate on that. Pray on that. And ask God himself why you feel convicted right now. Choose this day whom you will serve, not tomorrow. Choose today. If you were to draw your last breath right now, are you confident that you are going to hear, Well done, good and faithful servant? If you're unsure, let's make it right, right now. Right now isn't too late. And with the power of God within you, you can make miraculous changes in your life and in your thoughts and in what you do. And I'm not saying it's always easy, but it's possible and it's worth it. You are worth it. Your soul is worth it. The soul of your friends and your family are worth it. But most of all, he is worthy of it all. He deserves our praise. He deserves our dedication. He deserves our commitment. He deserves it all. For withstanding those accusations, for taking that beating, for carrying that cross, for suffering and for dying on that cross, for you, for your sin, and for me and my sin. Brothers and sisters, we owe everything to him. so much more that I want to ask you and so much more that I want to say so probably I'll make a part two and I'm just I'm going to close with what I posted on Facebook it was probably today it was in the early morning hours after listening to brother Tyler and brother Daniel's message for trumpets but I write I write this It is abundantly clear that the message Yahweh has been pressing on my heart this week that it is a message for all. The signs are everywhere. Things are heating up. Can you withstand? Are you counting on your own abilities? Or are you counting on your faith in Jesus? How strong is your faith? Can you really decline not buying or selling? Can you face death when a sword is at your neck? Because time is running out and you need to get right with him today. Please don't wait. If you're already a believer, can you stand by while others perish? 
Have you said enough? Have you told enough people? Can you bear standing there with your children's blood on your hands? Have you truly poured the gospel into them? Is your house in order? Are you lukewarm? Do you really know the word well enough that your faith won't fall for a counterfeit? Are you going to be okay if you're standing there at the fifth trumpet and you haven't been raptured out? What if you're wrong about a pre-trib rapture? Are you certain that you can ignore God's law and not hear Jesus say, Depart from me, I never knew you, you worker of lawlessness. My heart is breaking tonight because I'm guilty. I have let myself become lukewarm. I've let work be a priority. I've used my health as an excuse. I've bit my tongue not to make people mad or uncomfortable, but eternity is at stake. And I don't care who you are or where you are or what time of day it is. If you do not know where you stand in your faith and your relationship with Jesus and you need someone to pray with you, with you, for you, do a Bible study with you, I'm here. You don't have to reach out to me, but you certainly can. They're great preachers and people smarter than me. But on your knees, surrendering to and talking to Jesus is the best thing you can do. Please stop putting it off. The time of salvation is now. Choose today who you will serve.